BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. At the other end, quickly in transition. Count it. Brandon Ingram, slam dunk, and he'll get a free throw. Now that's the, really the epitome of pushing the ball ahead. Zoe gets it. He throws it up to Corey. A good feeling of the opposite wing by Brandon Ingram. And then the bounce pass from Corey in the finish and an and one. That's great basketball. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where son of a big baller brand, the Lakers actually looked fun. And all it took was a short trip down to Arizona with a bout with the garbage suns for the Lakers to find their inner soul and litness. Ironically enough, it was the Lakers, however, who were running on pure Zoller power. ZO2! Alan, I ask you now... <laughs> with what's going on with the Dodgers and what happened last night. But seeing what happened with the Lakers and Lonzo Ball tonight, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel great now. Um, I actually still felt great yesterday, to be completely honest. Um, there are just levels of greatness, I guess. Uh, Dodgers going to the World Series for the first time in all of our lives is obviously amazing. And then I actually didn't start watching the Laker game until like 11.30 p.m., so I finished that crap at like one thirty in the morning, and it was awful, dude. Like, <laughs> seeing that on a four-hour tape delay is not fun at all. But I still felt good about the Dodgers, obviously, and now today just makes everything so much better. I uh, kind of stupidly and emotionally did a like, prediction of the Lakers' next ten games, and I had us losing tonight. So I'm <laughs> glad that I'm incorrect. <laughs> This game was so bad. I'm just going to predict every game. <laughs> I was going 2-8 and eight after 10, by the way. So emotional. Well, Alan, that's great, but you did not say the word we wanted to hear. So, Tommy, how are you feeling tonight? <gasps> Lit. <laughs> 
lit it is lit it was and man that was uh that was fun I mean, we, we knew it was going to turn out this way obviously this episode is going to be we're going to get out ahead of it and and say all the caveats and qualifiers it was against the suns they are a garbage garbage team there was no defense played whatsoever tonight i mean this final score was 132 to 130 262 Crazy. which is great <laughs> But hey, the Lakers actually played some defense in the second half. They pulled it out. Uh, the, the refs are trying to give That's it back to the Suns there at the end. But we got to win, everybody. One and one. I think we're tied with the Golden State Warriors record-wise. So Woo. there we go. Woo-hoo. Hey. <laughs> whoop, whoop. All right, before we get to... <laughs> All right. Uh, This episode, as you can already tell, will not be organized. Uh, Before we get to the game, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that is how many headbands we will all be setting on fire in honor of Ban Koozie. R.I.P. the headband because King Kakuzma is back, everybody. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Also, if you could please uh, donate to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast, a dollar, three dollars, one time donation, a donation per month. That would be great. And if you enjoy our show, whenever we drop our episode tweets, if you could like and retweet that tweet, that would be great. Helps us out with exposure. All right. With that said, let's get on to the game. The Lakers are now one and one. Lonzo Ball was one assist away from getting a triple double. If Brandon Ingram had just hit his wide open three, Lonzo Ball would have gotten it. But you know what? We're yeah, not complaining. Um, Tommy, let's start with you. How did you feel about the game in general? I mean, we knew it was going to be a, a track meet, and there wasn't going to be any defense played whatsoever. But I think for me, I'm just it's just good to know that the Lakers can look this way even against garbage opponents. And I guess that the fact that we can look great against the worst is a good thing too. So Tommy. Yeah, like I think I was uh I mentioned this earlier, maybe I've mentioned it in our previous episodes. There are gonna be like eight bad teams at least this year. There are every single year, you know, eight teams are gonna win like thirty games or less, possibly more even. Um, depending on how good the teams at the top are. So it's it's about winning your relative battles and competing to what you're able to compete at. So, yes, we don't have, like, world-beating talent on our team, but it should be our goal to be, like, of those teams that are going to be pretty bad, be the best of those. You know what I mean? It's taking yep. baby steps. You don't have to be... It's not just like, oh, all those teams are equally bad. Like, some teams are moving in the right direction, and that's what we want to do. We just want to move in the right direction. So... Good effort tonight, like second night of a back-to-back, uh, on the road, first road game of the season. Phoenix, like, completely laid an egg in their first home game, and they've just been home the entire time. So they've had plenty of time to rest and practice and think about this and get ready for this game. So you, you knew they were going to be amped up. And, yeah, again, it's it's Phoenix. They're not going to be good this year, but are they going to be better than the Bulls? Like, Probably are they going to be better? Maybe not record wise, but how they play. Like, are they going to be better than uh, uh, the Knicks, Indiana? Like, they're kind of all in that range. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're they're like not a good team, but they're not like oh so so so. They're not like the Washington Generals or something. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a great effort. Alan, what did you think? Yeah, I totally agree with Tommy. Um, if we're gonna like split the entire league up into tiers and this is the bottom tier our, one of our goals should be uh to end up in the top of the bottom tier you know or maybe sneak into that second to worst tier and um sure like neither team played defense i don't think any of us really expected um you know there were no high expectations as far as that goes but you know you look at a guy like Corey Brewer really locked down Devin Booker who is a very good offensive player yeah. and Corey Brewer is a name that we kind of throw out there like eh, like whatever we yeah. don't really want to watch this guy and um you know he's sort of in that that Luol Dang kind of doghouse I guess but uh our minds should definitely be changed after tonight at least for now um you know we were mentioning in our little chat group during the game that he's kind of like a poor man's KCP for the time being. So it was cool to like, at least see a guy who can run the floor, you know, he can slash, he can finish at the rim. He's, he's an old guy, but he's still very athletic. So now we just plug KCP into that and that's going to help a ton. But uh, yeah, I was very impressed by the team's effort and uh, just the resiliency bouncing back and 
it just looked like a completely different team from yesterday. Yeah, totally. And, you know, from last night's game, the biggest struggle was converting on offense and making baskets. And tonight, you know, the defense... (laughs) The worst part of yesterday was their shooting. They couldn't make a basket. (laughs) Which is very important in the game of basketball. passing. (laughs) But tonight, you know, it took them a while to finally get some stops, which happened in the third quarter when they held the Suns to only 26 points, which is a huge achievement in tonight's game. But it was good to see them kind of round into form offensively with 40 points in the first, uh, only 30 in the second. But you know, they really got into a flow there, helped out by Lonzo Ball's outlet passing, touchdown passing, obviously with Brandon Ingram being super, super aggressive out, out of the gate, but along with the aggression being controlled. And I think that's the most important part out of tonight. You know, learning how to hone that assertiveness in a productive manner. And that's all we want to do for the entire team, actually. Learn how to hone all that frenetic, fast-pacedness, but do it in a semi you know, organized manner so that we're not just chickens with our heads cut off, as we've been saying. And, you know, it, the, the game really turned around in the third quarter when that second unit came in and we started playing defense. And from there, we kind of got an eight point lead. And even though it teetered back and forth, um, that's really what carried us till the end there. Um, and the Suns, you know, they got maybe like, I don't know, 10 points off of free throws at the end there. So 31 points in the fourth is kind of misleading on their part. So, um, yeah, I mean, great effort by the Lakers. Uh, even considering the opponent. Let, let's start with the starting lineup. Obviously, Luau Deng with the DNP, which was, you know, a sight for sore eyes for all of us. And then we <laughs> saw the Corey, we saw the Corey Brewer um, lineup insertion, and we're like, oh my God, I guess this is kind of better. And I'll be the first to say, man, I'm going to eat crow on this one. Uh, I did not expect it to look that great, but what Luke said is correct. You know, Corey Brewer brought the energy, and his defense was tenacious. He was hounding Devin Booker like no other. Pretty much the way Patrick Beverly would Patrick Beverly was trying to do to Lonzo Ball last night. Corey Brewer did to Devin Booker tonight. He was frustrating him all over the place. And not only that, but on offense, um, he can really push the break and his his dribbling and handles are fine when he's in transition. And we saw it as well. He's a good playmaker in transition. You know, that bounce pass to Ingram for the and one dunk. So Props to Corey Brewer for being the defensive player of the year and really just filling the lanes, cutting when he's supposed to. And in spite of the fact that he can't shoot, I mean, he does everything else well that, you know, Alonzo Ball-led team needs. And, you know, given the fact that KCP hasn't been really hitting threes, it is a perfect KCP proxy. So, uh, Tommy, what did you think of the Corey Brewer insertion and how that just kind of ignited the Lakers' defense? Yeah, at first I was just kind of ambivalent to it. It was it was almost the same feeling as as you had, which was like, oh, well, I guess this is slightly better with Dang, than Dang, but it's kind of the same idea and the same issue. But it's not really because Corey Brewer is still a very good defender um, at this age. He's a veteran. He's strong, good length, uh, knows how to play defense, and knows how to bring the energy. And that's been a thing like with him his whole career, really. Like. He's always been kind of a bench player, but he's always been able able to bring like a ton of energy. He did it against us for like so many years on various t- uh, uh, various of our t- against various of our teams. But I really like that that move. Um, it also kind of simulates what things are going to be like a little bit more when uh, KCP comes back in terms of just a guy who has a lot of energy who you know, uh, can run with Lonzo and, uh, KCP has the added benefit of even being able to hit some threes. So, um, I really like that move. And other than that, it's just like the guys are starting to get more time together. And again, yes, caveats that it's the Suns or whatever, but I thought that in the first half, they, especially in the first quarter, they scored 40 points. But to me, that didn't really feel even as I was even as I was watching it that that was like something that could be replicated very easily. It, it all felt like okay, this is a really hot shooting quarter, and then beginning a second quarter, things started to like come down to earth. And then I felt like towards the end, when Lonzo came back in towards the end of that quarter, he kind of like things shifted a little bit, and he's everybody started to look a lot more comfortable with each other. It's almost like things just click sort of like we were talking about yesterday with the uh, summer league. We saw it in summer league. Um, we saw it in preseason a little bit, but that's different because Lonzo didn't play, but especially in summer league, it's like they didn't look very good. They didn't look pretty bad in the first game. They didn't look great in the second game. Half of the third game was kind of the same. And then like something clicked and 
from then on, everybody just sort of started playing like way better and way more cohesive. And like, like they were all on the same page and I don't know, maybe there was that sort of turning point today, even though it was just the Suns. like maybe that happened to like help us moving forward. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of Summer League Game 1 to Summer League Game 2 when Lonzo Ball also had a triple-double his second game. Except this game, he added the offensive output here with freaking 29 points, 12 for 27. I think he hit maybe three or four left-handed scoop-de-doo layups at the end there. Like, those were his hardest layups he's ever taken this season, and he made them all. It's it's so bizarre, but I mean, props to Lonzo Ball. Big baller brand effect in full force tonight. Um... Let's just go right down the line here. I mean, this is going to be easy for everybody, so I guess we can just talk more about Lonzo, but who's your guys' MVP, Alan? Um, Like, besides Lonzo or just Lonzo? Just just Lonzo. <laughs> yeah, it's Lonzo. <laughs> oh, what? Okay, cool. So why don't you talk about, about Lonzo? yours? <laughs> it's Fonzo. <laughs> Fonzo. Where did you get that from, by the way, Tommy? Is Fonzo it- Fall. <laughs> I got Is it the fonts? No, no. I, I mean, I didn't make that up. So I saw, uh, I can't remember what the context was, but you know how Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo always like tweet at each other and reply to each other's tweets and stuff like publicly. Uh-huh. Kyle Kuzma called him Fonzo, Fonzo. in one of those tweets. <laughs> so I stole it from Kyle Kuzma. Do you think he knows who the Fonz is? Probably not, dude. Okay, but... Really, I mean, I, I know who the Fonz is. I mean, like, I barely it, know who the Fonz is, but um, speaking of which, Alan, why don't you tell us what you thought of Fonzo's <laughs> game today? Well, when I hear Fonzo, I think, like, you know, like, fake Lonzo. Like, he's not playing well, so when he plays poorly, he's Fonzo. And when he plays well, then he can be Lonzo. So tonight he's Lonzo. <laughs> Yesterday was Fonzo. Um, so tonight, Lonzo... Uh, um, dude, it's like... And, his dad, Lavar, has said before that, you know, a lot of times in that first game, he won't, like, really play his game. Maybe he's thinking too much. He's hesitant. And he, I feel like in the summer, he said things like, oh, yeah, he's always played like this. And in some points, you're like, oh, he's just saying that. But maybe it's true. Maybe I think it, probably it just is, takes him, dude. like, a second to, like, dip his toe in the water, get a feel for it. And then from there, he just, like, almost instantly becomes comfortable. It was it's seriously, like, night and day. Um, yeah, maybe it's just one of those things where he needs to observe things for a very short period of time and he flips a switch in his mind and then he just goes for it all out. Um, it just, it felt like very comfortable watching him and the rest of the team tonight. And we have to remember that he barely had any opportunities to run with this team at all because he sprained his ankle and it was such a bad ankle sprain. He couldn't even practice with them. He was like sitting on a chair on his phone the entire time. So the fact that they've all, uh, yeah, the fact that they've all adjusted so quickly, just literally overnight, um, is very promising. Blah, blah, blah. It's the Suns. you know, we'll see what happens Sunday against the Pelicans. And they're definitely a better team. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be able to bounce DeMarcus cousins or Anthony Davis off of him the way he did Tyson Chandler tonight. Tyson Chandler's not even a scrub, though, you know? Like, he's a huge guy, and he's crafty, and he, he played him pretty well. But, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, so, Lonzo's game tonight, it, he kind of scored in bunches at the end there, and kind of came in a flurry, which was insane, where he was hitting turnaround fadeaway Jays all of a sudden. I was like, where did that mm-hmm. come from? And then all he of a sudden... He scored in such a variety of ways. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, it, it was weird. And I mean, the Suns obviously playing no defense kind of allowed Lonzo to start... Like literally no defense. No defense. Times. You know, that, that helped yeah. Lonzo obviously experiment a little bit, but hey, all you need... it's Lonzo's the type of guy, too, once he gets his confidence going and he sees the ball go into the basket... He can get on a run there, and that's exactly what he did. And he started hitting threes, step-back threes, turnaround jump shots, and then into the scoop-de-doo lefty layups, and then continuing to pass the ball as well. The outlet passes were amazing. He got into a little bit of trouble with two or three passes, which sailed over guys' heads. But, you know, just the intention to push it out and getting the... um the one to Corey Brewer was insane. It was literally a quarterback pass to Corey Brewer for the offensive interference on the other end. Um yeah, I mean, you you felt the big baller brand effect um, from the start here, and props to Lonzo BBB. for really closing it out. Yeah, BBB. Um, Tommy, do you have anything else to add about Lonzo Ball? Uh, Lonzo's poise is just insane. Second game, like, 
it it almost feels like your team is letting it slip away. And just like his poise down the stretch, just making big shots, like making the right play, even when he missed a big three that would have like theoretically put the game away, he got his own rebound and yeah. And he just throughout all of it shows no emotion. It's like, he expects it. But it's like, even when things don't go well, like Kobe sometimes used to get, like, you would see him get visibly frustrated at himself. Lonzo is like stone-faced the entire game, no matter what's happening. He's like Kawhi Leonard, almost. Yeah, it it feels like composed is not even the right word to use. It goes beyond that. (laughs) It goes beyond that. It's insane. And and so just watching it, the way he carried himself in in his second game in the NBA at 19 years old, like, again, I know it's Phoenix, but... 29, 11, and 9 this early in the season for a rookie in any context. They're an NBA team. Yeah, there are a lot of young guys who've played awful teams before and did not do this. So you can also look at it like that. And he was going up against Eric Bledsoe, who's like a very good player. Like he's Mm -hmm. been a solid player for a long time. Like there were periods where we, we would talk about you know trade hypotheticals and like, shoot, maybe we should try to get this guy to play with D'Angelo. Like last year. It was either last year or the year before, but he's a solid player, so it wasn't like he just did this against, like, I don't know, Ron Baker. No offense to Ron Baker, but just, like, a random, you know, barely starting NBA caliber player. It was like, Eric Bledsoe's very good. Yeah, and Lonzo Ball, you you just saw it. He had a pep in his step tonight. You know, his dribbling was on display. His handles were on display. It, It was nice to see him, honestly, be a little more aggressive. Obviously, Patrick Beverly wasn't guarding him, but just his creativity tonight was definitely great to see on his end. And yeah, so let's move on. And we're going to obviously talk about the rest of the guys as we go along here. But what was your guys' offensive play of the game? There were a lot to pick here tonight. Um, For me, I'm going to go with the earlier one. Um, the Lonzo outlet straight to Corey Brewer, Corey Brewer with a quick bounce pass to Brandon Ingram for the and one dunk. I thought that set the tone for the night pretty much, um, in terms of quick, decisive moves by everybody, um, getting the ball out and then just being aggressive. Um, so Tommy, what was your play? Um, play of the game. Huh. Was Fonzo involved? I'm sure Fonzo was involved in some capacity. <laughs> All right, let's go to Alan first. Alan, what was your yeah, go to Alan All right, first. so um, I so I really like the one that you said, Jonathan, but another one, um, Zoe had that touch pass oh, uh, to Larry Nance. That was yeah, mine. Yeah, dude, so I that mean, was right after. That was All right, now you got to pick another one. So, got, <laughs> um, so Devin Booker had the turnover, and then, uh, yeah, Zoe had that real quick touch pass to Larry. Thank goodness Larry finished at the rim. I feel like Zoe's been cheated on so many assists. And, like, yeah, you mentioned the Brandon Ingram missed three, but there were a couple layups, like just chippies right at the cup um, that guys missed. So in my book, Lonzo should have had, like, 11 dimes tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And Lonzo actually is the first player under 20 to have a 29 29- 11 9 game so there you go what about That's your ridiculous. yeah it's crazy second game screw your one one game narratives everybody all right so let's move on to defensive play of the game there's actually quite a number here in terms of highlight defensive plays um mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with the larry nance absolutely hounding devin booker he knocks it knocks yeah, the ball out sick. of devin booker's hands dives for the ball pitches it back out to brooke lopez for brooke lopez's 25 miles per hour speed limit fast break dunk so that was all effort on Larry Nance's Somehow nobody and, caught him. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, and, you know, Larry Nance was guarding a bunch of the guards tonight, and he showed his lateral quickness and just his tenaciousness on defense. And that's that was infectious along with Brewer's defense as well, so that was really nice to see. Uh, Tommy, what, do you have a defensive play of the game? Yeah, Larry Nance also, that block at the end of the game, even though it led to oh, a yeah. quote-unquote foul, that was not a that foul, that should have been the end BS, of the game, dude. okay, oh but my God. He, in my eyes, Larry Nance blocked that shot to win the game, because yeah. that was the end of the game, that shouldn't have been a foul on Lonzo or whoever they called it on after that, so uh, that, that was my play of the game. Alan? So even though it was stupidly called a flagrant foul, I'm going to give it to Brooke Lopez on Devin Booker. Um, that was a scary play for sure, but it looked like a clean block to me. I mean, maybe his left hand had some contact with Booker's body when he went down and fell on his tailbone, but um, that just goes to show you, you know, we do have some rim protectors on this team now in Brooke Lopez, and, you know, Andrew Bogut had a moment last night. So even though it was a flagrant, I'm going to give it to Brooke Lopez. I think that was Bogut, actually. Tonight? Yeah. Wait, was what? that Bogut? That that was Lopez on the flagrant foul. 
No, 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 no. Which one are you? Th- you're thinking of the one where uh, Booker fell on his back, right? Booker yeah. fell on his yeah. That was yeah. Lopez. Was that Lopez or? Yeah, and they that was that was not a flagrant foul. That was that was a common. They called it a common foul. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. They were thinking about calling it flagrant. My bad. Yeah, I was just so heated. I already convinced myself it was a flagrant. Everyone's out against us. It's getting all hot. I'm paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Did you guys have? I guess this is easy. I think everybody would agree that your surprising player of the night is Corey Brewer. Am I right? <laughs> Timon? I mean, yeah, there was a lot of them, actually. <laughs> Timon, Hakuna Matata, everybody. Hakuna Matata defense. <laughs> it means no worries. So who's Pumbaa? For the rest Randall? Of days. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll talk about skinny, Randall skinny, in a little skinny bit. Pumba, but... Skinny Pumba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but props to Corey Brewer once again for really shutting us all up. Big props. Uh, all of us beat. <laughs> yeah, big props. Um, Disappointing. I guess we can talk about Randall right here, everybody. Wamp, wamp, wamp. Um, Tommy, why don't you talk about Julius Randall? Randall, disappointing player. Yeah, Randall, the floor is yours, sir. Very disappointing and and horrible play. Uh, <laughs> the stats don't even show how bad. I mean, the stats don't look great, but they don't even show how bad it really was. This guy is just like his body language is horrendous. He comes in moping with no energy, like not even semi trying to embrace a bench role. Like he, every time he gets the ball, he looks to make a selfish move. He's out of position on offense and defense decision-making. I I think I commented uh, to you guys separately during the game, Jordan Clarkson, who's like, I don't know if anybody follows follows him on Instagram or anything, but this dude is like a complete clown. Like, doesn't seem like he takes anything seriously. And not to say that like this should translate to the court, but this is like the kind of he's like a goofy kind of guy, and his decision making. <laughs> he's an F boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And F doesn't stand for Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like a kind of goofy kind of guy, and he has such better decision making on the floor than Julius Randle. So. Julius Randall really needs to like take a look at himself in the mirror and look past all that chisel body that he he built himself <laughs> this summer and see like what's inside. And right now, what's inside isn't great. Yeah, so we talked about it as well on our message thread. But there's one play in particular that is, can just pretty much encapsulate Randall's entire career, and it was in his first stint in the first half when he got the ball. Um, I think he got an op- offensive rebound or something, and he had the ball amongst the trees once again. And instead of just pitching it out like everybody's been doing on this team, he tries to like gain some space with his butt again and use his body to barrel people out. And he gets called for like an offensive foul, or he loses the ball actually out of bounds. And I'm just like, dude, there's no place for that kind of stuff anymore, you know? And he still is insistent on doing that stuff. Like, I don't understand why he's so like why he always wants to just do something with the ball whenever he's amongst the trees, even though he always gets it like stuffed back in his face or he gets called for an offensive foul or he gets a turnover, you know, but he, he's just relentless on that end. And it's just, it's just not smart. And, um, unfortunately he only had 12 minutes tonight. He had eight points, one rebound, one assist and three turnovers. You know, it just seems like he's so out of sync with everybody else. You know, I I get it. It's, it's a tough situation that he's in this year contract year. He's, he's trying to play for his next contract pretty much. That's it's tough, like but honestly, just do it. You're doing the complete just play opposite the right of that, way, man. You know, no, exactly, and 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 it sucks because he's being phased out. You just and the fact that Kyle Kuzma played the way he did tonight, what a freaking stark contrast, man. Fifteen points for Kyle Kuzma, six of seven from the field, one one of two from three, three rebounds, two assists, zero turnovers. This guy is leaps and bounds so much smarter than Julius Randle. And let's, I mean, let's not even talk about Kyle Kuzma because I know the, the debate that always goes on is Randle versus Nance, right? And we've talked about it before. The debate between Randle versus Nance has never been a debate around who's the most talented and who has the most skill. It's Randle. It's, the debate has always centered around who fits the team better. And tonight you saw when Nance is active and he's willing to be a little more aggressive than he has been and just finishes shots, finishes lobs, cuts the right way, pick and rolls, rolls the right way. He even hit a mid-range jump shot tonight, right? And he plays the defense the way he, 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 the way he did tonight. I mean, that's a more useful player than what we've been getting out of Randall. So, ah, I don't know. I, I hope he can get his head back in the game. But, Alan, what, what, have you, what did you think of Julius Randall these last two games, really, since being benched? Yeah, um... The fact that he picked up three fouls today in, like, 
10 seconds, that basically told me all I needed to know, you know, like it happens so quickly. And it's one thing if you kind of get screwed on a call or you were like, you had the right intentions in being aggressive. His fouls were just straight up lazy. And, um, that was pretty much it. You know, he got kind of like hit in the mouth at some point. So he kept checking to see if his, his like lip was bleeding. And I just felt like, like Tommy said, he was really mopey and it's, there's just zero resiliency or stick to whatsoever. And again, we do talk about his body language a lot, and we talked about it a lot last year, and it's not like we're body language experts, but so many times on the bench when everyone is lit, he's the only guy sitting down, and he's not even clapping when good things happen. Now, you could argue, well, that's just how he watches the game or whatever, but I don't know, like, those things matter. Your attitude is contagious, and, like, visually, there's a lot to be said about that, and to me, he just... It's like, I don't know if he's a 100% selfish player. Like, I'm sure he cares about the team and all that stuff. But it's like, there's only one way that he can do it. And that way is being the focal point of the team and um, just making his own moves. And that is not how it's done. So it's going to be interesting to see this thing unfold. Yeah, um... So with that said, that was the only disappointing part of the game, thankfully. The rest of the team really played really well, but I want to jump to the co-MVP of the night, the second best player, Brandon Ingram. And for much of the night, actually, until Lonzo Ball got hot there, I would I would have said that Brandon Ingram was the MVP. I mean, he came out of the gate yep. really controlled. He was hitting every shot pretty much, and he was smart about it too. He had a career-high 25 points, actually. 25 points. Two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. But the best part is the efficiency. And actually, you know, he missed uh, two or three pretty good shots at the end there. But really, he was 9 for 12 for much of the game, which is ridiculous, given the fact that he was 3 for 15 the night before. And the best part, 3 for 4 from three-point land. All catch and shoots, pretty much, you know. That is exactly what he should be doing, catching and shooting the ball. And that's what he did tonight. Um, I was really impressed with Brandon Ingram. He really shut up a lot of those people who were already tweeting after one night, this dude's a bust, this dude's a bust. So um, good on Brandon Ingram. Tommy, what did, what do you have to say about Ingram tonight and what, what changed for him, I guess? I don't know what changed for him. I honestly spent like the entire first half trying to figure out what changed for him. Uh, he just, this is what we thought. I mean, hopefully he might start to show more flashes of this kind of play and after the first game, I think all of us thought, like, okay, great. It's going to be kind of more of the same. Uh, we're just going to have to continue waiting like we have been. Um, yeah, it's – I don't know what what happened, but he was just so much more composed. Like, he wasn't getting nervous. He hit two threes – or, sorry, three threes. He almost hit a fourth. He should have hit a fourth. He just got kind of tapped. Yeah. You know, kept his turnovers low. Didn't try to do too much and made the right play. And 9 for 14, he actually missed like a little gimme on a really good move. Again, keeping himself composed and not spazzing out close to the basket. And he got himself out of a bad situation into a very good look right next to the basket. And he just missed it. So those kinds of plays, that's like young Gianna style. You know what I mean? This guy scored 25 points, second game of the season. Um my uh, just to put one criticism out there, uh, I thought his defense, uh, especially off the ball defense, um, could use a bit of work. So, like, take that same uh, focus that he used on the offensive end and and uh, maturity and all that, and and take it to the defensive side. Yeah, I will say that he did have one really nice defensive play tonight against Josh Jackson, where he absolutely engulfed Josh Jackson's layup attempt. It was like almost like a block, but then he cuffed it too. So that was very impressive. And Josh Jackson's a big boy, man. He like has a man's body already. And the fact that he also made some plays against Josh Jackson tonight, who profiles to be a very good defensive player eventually, was was really impressive. I mean, his first bucket was a drive on Josh Jackson. And then he also had like a hesitation, like and one layup as well on Tyson Chandler, I believe. So, I mean, the the whole night he was aggressive, but he was, again, controlled is the biggest thing. Um, Alan, what did you think of Brandon Ingram? Yep, again, he was 100% different from uh, the game against the Clippers, where it was just like throwing his body into the paint and then chucking the ball at the rim aimlessly. Uh, today just looked like there was everything was coming within the flow of the offense. Um, everything was a lot more efficient, like you said. I feel like he toned things down like... 2 to 3% in terms of speed, and that just made all the difference in the game. 
Um, still aggressive, getting into the paint and drawing fouls, getting that contact. I think that's one of the biggest differences from last year. And, you know, we saw it in Summer League, but again, that was Summer League. Last year, he began to bounce around uh, like a rag doll. And right now, he just looks so much more comfortable. Um, with the exception of the missed free throw at the end of the game, his free throw stroke does look significantly better. Um, defensively, I agree with what Tommy said, just kind of falling asleep at times. And, you know, it's obviously a different issue than like a Julius Randle, where his is a lack of what seems like uh, just caring. <laughs> with Brandon, it's like his mind is just not necessarily in the right place. He's probably thinking about something defensively, but the awareness and just the IQ is not quite there. So hopefully that comes along, but was very impressed by him tonight. And it just seems like he needs to get out of his own head. Um, I don't know if anything happened behind the scenes, but I'm sure somebody talked to him and just said, like, he even said, like, Magic talked to me and said, just have fun out there and, like, don't press so much. So, um, yeah, credit to whoever kind of whispered in his ear because it looks like it paid off. Yeah, I think his mentor, Jerry Stackhouse, even before last night's game, told him to stay off Twitter and stop reading what everybody's reading. And it's it seems like he stayed off Twitter last night because a bunch of people were calling him a bust. But either way, it worked out for him, and he really showed a lot of poise and composure tonight. I mean, one play in particular, like the first play in the third quarter, I think highlights his night where they were out in transition again. He was on the baseline for a three. Corey Brewer passes it to him, and he just simply pump fakes and lets Eric Bledsoe fly. Like, Bledsoe, like, flies into the stands, and he calmly just steps into a jump shot and drains it, you know? It's as simple as that. So, I mean, that that was Brandon Ingram's whole night. And I think one thing Brandon Ingram does need to work on, though, is his, uh, I don't know, his clutch gene, I guess, because it seems like every time he comes in to the fourth quarter, his, like, legs aren't in it, or he's just, he's just he not looks, able to yeah, finish his shots or, or whatever. So he just needs to kind of, like, pace himself a little better and, and make it a full, you know, full 48-minute game where he is efficient. But other than that, you know, I have no complaints whatsoever. Um... Who else do we want to talk about before we end here? Um, Brooke Lopez, 19 and 11, two assists, six, six for 11 from the field, two for five from three. At the end there, he was really carrying us. The Brooke Mamba, I mean, closer, right? He, he, was, uh, he, was hitting, he hit another three in the clutch. He was hitting weird, his weird one-legged fadeaway paint shots or whatever. Um, I thought he was very good tonight again. And he's just a useful player to have as a young team like, like we do when we we're so frenetic to have to calm us down pretty much, especially in the fourth quarter uh, while Lonzo gets his bearings. So, um, Tommy, do you have anything to say about Brooke Lopez? Yeah, just uh, I think we've said it multiple times, but like a stabilizing force. I, I'll give him a little props tonight for his rebounding. Um, 11 yeah. rebounds. He's not a great rebounder. That's just not who he is really. But I feel like they said something to him because De- DeAndre punked him so bad yesterday that I feel like even during the game, he got better yesterday because he put up a decent number of rebounds yesterday as well. So it, it's a lot of that is like just effort and pushing somebody. So I feel like they're pushing him and challenging him to like focus more on rebounding. And if he can average, I mean, he's not going to average double digits probably because it would be like the first time ever, but if he can average seven, eight rebounds a game, that would be a lot better than last year. And and it would help us out a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, Alan, why don't you talk about King Kyle Kuzi? Because he lost the headband, ditched the headband and he is back, and I'm happy to say, Alan, I think we're going to be a lot closer on our points prediction for Kyle Kuzma this year than Tommy is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he ended up playing 28 minutes tonight, right? Um, it's funny. I shouldn't have done this. So when we did our minutes, like projections and all that stuff for the rotation, I actually had him at 29 minutes, and then I just looked at it, and I was like, that is way too much. So I took it down. I gave Julius more, you know, kind of – like adjusted some things here and there, but uh, if this is a sign of things to come, I should have gone my gut reaction. The guy just looks so comfortable out there, and he's not afraid of the moment. Um, he had 15 points. He had three rebounds, two dimes. Uh, he shot one for two from three. Um, thank goodness he played more with Lonzo out there because those guys just have instant chemistry. Lonzo is so good at sucking the defense into the paint and then passing his like hook shot over the top type passes. 
And um, you can just feel the chemistry with those guys, obviously. And again, like this is just confirmation from all of the preseason, summer league, whatever stuff that those guys need to be on the floor together a lot. So major props to uh, the coaching staff for making that big adjustment from yesterday. And um, we just got to see Kuzma out there at least like 23 minutes a game, I would say. And um, yeah, can't, can't say enough about him. At least, man. We've joked about it before, but Kyle Kuzma is a basketball savant. Every decision he makes is so decisive. And not only decisive, but it's just the right play. He's so smart. He doesn't force anything. The way he finishes and the way he cuts to the basket, he's doing those, like, you know, reverse, pretty pirouette reverse layups or whatever. It's it's amazing. He's so I mean, skilled. Yeah, he's so skilled. When people say Anton Jameson, I can see it, you know, because Jameson yeah, was a very like crafty that. finisher. And, oh, man, Kyle Kuzma, he, almost, he tried to dunk it tonight from, like, almost the free throw line and kind of was like, <laughs> oopsie. But but I think I think that's going to come, so everybody stay tuned for that. But, I mean, Tommy, what, what, what do you have to say about King Kyle Kuzi? King Kyle Kuzi is the best player in the NBA. <laughs> no, props to him. Uh, his three-point shot, okay, so his first one that he hit, it looked amazing. The stroke was perfect, like – it looked like how he, when he's like raining him down with Lonzo in practice, like that was just great for him. The second one, something weird happened. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Like he, he like short armed it or like it slipped out of his hand or something. So that was his only miss of the entire game, which is just amazing to me. That's insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> or like a weird three that like didn't, he didn't release right for some reason. That was his only miss. He scores in a variety of ways, draws fouls, actually a very good defender, which is the reason. We could close the game yeah, with him and Devin Booker. Yeah, instead of having to bring Nance back out, he got switched on Booker and Booker thought he was just gonna totally take him and Kuzma just stayed right in front of him. Yeah, he had his hands up, verticality, the way they teach you. I mean, this guy seems just like a sponge. Anything you tell him, he's able to retain and actually apply it on the court. Like, how refreshing is that, right? Reminds um, me of Julius Randle. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> that was a low blow. That was really mean, dude. <laughs> We still have high hopes for Julius Randle. In fact, I mean, we might need to readjust all of our. I mean, hopefully, we well all eat crow. Continue. You know, again, I, I hope so, man. I hope so. He needs to get his uh, head back in the game. Um, let's get you, let's get you, get you, get your head in the game. <laughs> <laughs> high School Musical reference, everybody. Um, let's let's close with Jordan Clarkson. Um, seventeen points in seventeen minutes. Six for eleven. Two for five from three. I mean, he had 18 points the first game on in like 20 minutes as well. I mean, he's playing within him. I mean, he's doing what he needs to do. Alan, so what did you think of Jordan Clarkson? Dude, this guy has improved a lot, <laughs> Thank, thankfully, because we've rooted for him pretty hard, you know? I mean, if you think back to his rookie year and how surprised everybody, all that stuff showed so much promise, and then, you know, kind of regressed from there. Um, it's just really good to see him look comfortable out there, and he's a reliable scoring option for us. Um, he was like the one bright spot in that game against the Clippers. So, uh, six for 11 shooting, two for five from three, made all his free throws, uh, ended up with 17 points. Um, he just has a lot better control, much better decision making. And, um, there's that one play where he was in the paint and, you know, usually he would have just uncontrollably jacked up a shot, but instead he showed a lot of patience and, um, I think yeah. Josh Jackson was guarding him at that point. So he um, is just really showing a lot of development. So hopefully he could keep this up. We've, we've seen him play well before in stretches. Could be like three to five games at a time. And then he'll slump again for longer than three to five games, you know. So it's just about the consistency for him. Yeah, I think the player talking about is the one where he dribbled it out, looked as if he was going to pass sick. it out to a guy in the three-point land, and, yeah, and then he yeah, crossed yeah. over, went baseline, and then up and under. And that was like such a beautiful play. In fact, all of us were like, what the heck? We've never seen Jordan Clarkson make such a mature move like that before. So, Tommy, what did you think of JC? Yeah, same idea. Uh, that play really summed up how much he's progressed, I think. And he, there were a couple of other instances, but that, like you guys said, that's the one that stood out. And so many times before in the past two years, he would have just forced up a horrible shot. Like you, we would have all been like scratching our heads or like more likely pounding our heads into like a table <laughs> being like, what is it? What is this guy doing? Like, what is he seeing? How could he be this like blind? 
about all this stuff. And, and no Clarkson, like, pulled the ball out, didn't force it in. And once he got out, he didn't have anything on the perimeter. So he just blew right, right past this guy, right back to the rim after everything had cleared out and hit, hit a nice layup. You know what I mean? It's like, it seems so obvious and and just like a solid, like, I don't want to say fundamental, but it's just like a smart, like simple play. And he just executed it and didn't do anything dumb. So like huge props for him, uh, to him, I should say. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I think we're going to end it there. The Lakers play the Pelicans on Sunday. It's at Staples, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So we'll see how that goes against the big twin towers of DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Um, but honestly, if the Lakers can play more games like this, this fun, entertaining brand of basketball where, I mean, tonight they really were giving effort. They really were running up and down and it didn't seem futile as it did against the Clippers. And they seemed a lot more in sync. Lonzo Ball had the pick and roll going with a number of guys, not only Larry Nance at this point, but also obviously Cal Kuzma. And lastly, let's just end with talking about Luke Walton playing a good game as a coach tonight, you know? He made the proper adjustments, including the Corey Brewer thing, but also put Kyle Kuzma in with Lonzo for an extended period of time, left Kyle Kuzma in there in the clutch, brought Larry Nance back in for that final position when Larry Nance blocked the hell out of whoever shot the ball. I mean, Luke Walton made adjustments tonight, and we got to give him props for that. So, Alan, what did you think of Luke's coaching game as opposed to game one where we're just like, Lou Aldang in the second half again? Yeah. yeah, that was obviously biggest head scratcher, and I guess we don't have to rehash that. But um, the fact that it was a close game, you know, thankfully, um, I don't want to, like, be super extreme about it. You know what I mean? It was one game yesterday, and I guess there's some question marks from last year about some of his tactics and whatnot. But um, tonight was a good opportunity for him to show um, how he coaches and how he is tactically because it was close down the stretch, and it was not a blowout like yesterday. So... Um, yeah, major props to him, and, um, I don't know, like I said, I, I know the, the critiques from yesterday are definitely warranted, and they're justified, but, again, it was one game, just like today was just one game, let's check things out for, you know, maybe the next month, and then we can, uh, make some, some judgments from there. Yeah, Tom, I know you were pretty hard on Luke the last game, and that's kind of been creeping up over the last few months, but I guess what did you like out of today's game? Was it just literally that he made adjustments? Yeah, it was literally just that he made adjustments. <laughs> like, Corey Brewer in the starting lineup, again, I'll give him props for that. That one really worked out. Like, he kept referencing, I need to do something. Like, we have to get more consistent energy in the starting lineup. And what did he do? He went out and delivered on that, and he brought in a guy who has – only knows how to play with energy. Um, and then like, just in terms of his rotations, like he didn't get nervous and stick with Nance at the end of the game. Like Kuzma has proven that he can stay in front of guys defensively. And although you lose a little bit uh, overall defensively compared to Nance, you gain a whole lot more offensively with Kuzma down the stretch. Uh, just little plays like the end of the first half, uh, or it might've been the end of the third quarter. Corey Brewer was out of the game and they brought in Devin Booker to like come make a final play. And, uh, Corey Brewer, like Luke just sends them right back out to match up. It's just 20 seconds, but those yep. are like little types, little types of things that, you know, you're, you're getting into his head more because Devin Booker now knows like, Oh, I can't relax. And every time I come on the floor, this guy's just going to be here, like harassing me. So those little, those little things make a difference. So I give him props for that. Yep. Props to Luke Walton. Props to the whole team, actually, tonight. If they can just bottle this feeling up, put it up on a poster this game, and we just compete the way we did tonight and remember what it feels like to purposefully run up and down, I think we're going to have a much more fun season than what we were thinking about having last night. So with that said, we will catch you guys next time. Um, We have a chance to be up 2-1 on Sunday. We'll see. We'll cross our fingers. And hey... Big ball of brand, everybody. It's lit. Lonzo Ball. Generational. Cal Kuzma. Oh, man. So good. So good. Generational. You know how it goes. Fine espresso milks. Trill. <laughs> it's, no, it's just, it's just lit, man. I don't even know what trill means anymore. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, that's it. Follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes. The more you rate interview us... Jordan Clarkson, the mature Jordan Clarkson, what do you got? 
Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for giving me my props. You know, I stopped hanging around with Swaggy P. He's too far away now, up there with all those techies in NorCal, like trying to invent an app or something like that. So, uh, you know, I'm growing up, man. I'm grown. I'm a grown ass man. And, uh, you know, you're going to see me making that many more good plays. All right. There you go. Thanks, JC. Uh, we will catch you guys later. Alan, Tommy. Laters. Peace. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.